Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. JP Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? man? I am doing fantastic. Oh, it's good to be back. Come uh, on. We, season 10. Season 10. Oh, it just feels good. Let's we're go. We're kickstarting season 10 in grand fashion. Yes. Y'all know we go epic on openers and we're going all 80s in august yeah as we are 80s kids and maybe no song is more 80s than our season 10 opener that is a hundred percent true what? this song is it's the 80s and the future all at the same <laughs> yeah, time oh, you great. know what i mean i love that i love that rob tell them what song we're playing by who and even who we're hanging out with at the end Massive worldwide smash single by the band NXS. This is Need You Tonight. Come over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The synth—it's great. It does something good to your soul. That is, there's so much to dig into on this song. <laughs> that is Need You Tonight by NXS from the 1987 album Kick, written by Andrew Ferris and Michael Hutchins. We will be hanging out with Andrew Ferris of NXS at the end of this episode. Uh, it's going to be a rollicking good time <laughs> with an Australian accent. It's going to be amazing. One of these days, one of these days, we're going to interview someone who is either from the UK, from Australia, Wales. Uh, Wales is part of the UK, I think. Anyway, from the UK, from Australia, and we're going to try and fake an accent. I'm going to. I don't know if you will, but I've all, I've almost worked up the nerve to do it, to try and just see if I can To make, match with them? Yeah. Or to just lay on like super Southern? No, like, no, no, not super Southern. We just want to thank you for coming on the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> no, I want to see, I want to see if I can... Uh, if I can get somebody who is not from the United States to reasonably believe that I might be from their country, oh, there's man. no, they'd know it in a second. <laughs> 
a nanosecond, even though I might be thinking I'm doing really well. Yeah. They'd be like, you're definitely American. And I would be like, man, that's good. You got it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's jump in. Nailed it. It's like my impressions. It's like most of my impressions. We go, <laughs> Shaggy's oh, pretty good. That's so good. And they were like, be like, okay, whatever. All right. So anyway, that's Need You Tonight by NXS from the huge, huge 1987 album Kick. It went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and the U.S. Cashbox chart. And in top 10 in several other U.S. charts, went to number two in the U.K., Canada, and Ireland, and number three in the band's native Australia and New Zealand. The song was so big, it even charted on the Billboard R&B slash hip-hop chart, reaching number 73 on the hip-hop chart Wow, this song went to. That's insane. It was the number two Billboard song for all of 1988. Uh, Number one was Faith by George Michael. And it is the number 431 song on the Billboard all-time 600 chart. All right, all right. Uh, I didn't look up what was around it. I oh, always man, do that. You always I, do that. Yeah. I, I didn't look it up. I don't know what, what's wrong with me. Let's guess. It, Let's guess. It just edged out. Let's see. It just edged out something by Bobby Darren. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't even know. And then, <laughs> or like leader of the pack uh-huh. or something like that. And then it just got beat by like lollipop by uh, Indian reservation by the Raiders. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know that one? No, Cherokee I do not. people. Cherokee oh. Drive. Oh, okay. I only know it because it's referenced in uh, Indian Outlaw by Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. That's right. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's why I was trying to go a little, little older. Uh, random. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, that's the list. It's pretty much older and random. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is very random. Uh, okay. Let's do a few listening notes. We got to go back. It was. I was saying this while it was playing, but it, it bears repeating. There are like four distinct sections to this song. And it's not necessarily you go, that's verse, chorus, bridge, mm-hmm. tag. It's like yeah. what it's just, it just has section parts and it doesn't really the matter. The only part that I would think you know what it is is the, I need you tonight. That's got to be the chorus. Yeah. Because guess, that's the name of the song. Right. Yeah. If they called it, you're one of my kind. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. You can call it whatever. You can call it so many things. Yeah. It could, right? And, but each, each section just feels like a, f- uh, a fresh thing and it's uh, its own. You go, oh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you anticipate sort of it coming and it's a relief when it gets there. And, um, it, it's just, uh, and obviously Michael Hutchinson's voice is he sings with so much confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can only you okay. swag. He has swag. He has definitely swag. Um, and it's like he says, uh, "What's the line?" He says, "Oh, your moves are so raw. I've got to let you know." You can only say something like that if if you're like a two thousands hip hop artist. Uh-huh. You can say that. Otherwise, you have to look and sound like Michael and Hutch. act like Michael Hutchins right. to be able to say that, like to a woman to go. You know what, girl? Your moves are just so raw. <laughs> we I just, get slapped. I had to let you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it, only only Michael Hutchins could get away with it, and a very few other people. We can't in even history. say that to our wives without getting slapped, <laughs> babe. I just wanted to tell you, <laughs> your moves are so raw. <laughs> You're one of my kind. You know, nah, it's. Insta slap, yeah. but there you go. Like, what are you doing? That's, That's right. what we would give for our wife. What are you? Are you trying something? What are you? What go is back this? to faking the Australian accent. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's first go back to the opening, like just the groove of this song. Man, instantly recognizable. Yeah, you got to need your night. Come over here. And it's not like it's not some special configuration of drum sounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not some like 
rhythmic thing that only belongs to this song, but you know it immediately. That's the drum loop from Need You Tonight. But it's like, it's a kick drum and a and a like a rim uh, rim shot rim click kind of thing. Um, it's not in the air to not Phil Collins. You know, yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That was, that was good. okay. That's not bad. It's not yeah. terrible. Um, and it's a shaker. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like okay, but you instantly go, oh yeah, that's need you tonight. Yeah, I, it maybe it's the rhythm of the of the like cross sticking. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing that is like kind of non standard. Just you know, the snare. I mean, that snare sound. That snare yes. sound. Oh, yeah. It's true that. Yeah, I could put that snare sound in any song I record and be happy. Make it sound. Yeah, it'd be cooler. Yeah, for sure. Then you get this guitar riff. Are there any greater? I kind of talked over it, but are there any greater clean guitar riffs than this? Man, I, they are few and far between. Yeah. If there are any, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Uh, you know, you'd have to go. You'd have to start making arguments for like Jerry Reed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Johnny or like, be good. Yeah, it, but that's not clean. It's not yeah. a clean riff. It's, it's kind of clean-ish. clean. I guess I don't think of it as clean, but it probably is. Yeah, because you don't play. Because we don't play it clean. <laughs> when we play it. We're freaking cranking up that. Yeah, every night. Turn off the boss. D, turn off the boss. DS <laughs> yeah, one. Right. Bring me my metal zone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's uh, you know it's like uh, first of all, if you're listening on headphones, which I recommend, you hear that the first part is on the right side. It's actually played by I believe two different guitars and. And the first part is on the right side. The second part is on the left side. And it's a, it, it is indicative of something this song does through the whole song where the first part of it is a C major chord. Beep, beep, beep. That means it's that's what makes it major. That's an E. And you hear that. And then the second part is C minor. Which would be right? the E flat note. Is, yeah. E flat D C. Okay. So it's going bump, 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 bump. Then right and this song is doing that through the whole through the whole track you're hearing the sort of layering of the intermingling of major and minor through this whole track okay so you're going to hear it a lot you're going to hear it in the in the verse which has a well let's just keep going let's change keys in my brain Doom, 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 doom. Okay, so your baseline is don't, 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 don't. Okay, and that's one flat seven one mm-hmm. four flat three four. It's a minor riff. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the synth part. What's the? Yeah, what are that? The synth part is a C major chord. Really? Yes. Over a C minor riff. Over a C minor riff. So boom, 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 boom. Right, it's yeah. uh, it's got that major. So let's take let's take a listen. Go back. Boom, 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 boom. Now it's in a space. Yeah, gap. So it can, it's so not it's playing in, over the. It's not rubbing over you know if directly. Was, if it was over the E flat note of that, it would be gross dissonance. Yeah, but it's like it's yeah, it's in the space. And, and the the vocal melody is minor. Right, twenty first centuries yesterday. That's minor, right? That's What's a four three the, four three four three one. It ends on the one, yeah. So uh-huh. it doesn't matter what you play in that right. space. But the whole "I need you tonight" mm-hmm. is very. It's a very minor. Yeah. That's a natural minor melody. Mm-hmm. That is a flat three, uh, flat seven, flat six. Like that's oh, wow. natural okay. minor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like um, everything about the, the melody itself is minor, mm-hmm. and the riff is all minor except for the bam bam 
right? That part alone is mm-hmm. major, and the synth chord is major. Yeah, it's a really that's cool, odd uh, kind of thing, but it works. And obviously, it's something that has never bothered anyone in the history no. of time. Nobody even talks about it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks like, for talking about yeah. it. <laughs> Um, so here's a great thing about the riff. Uh, Andrew Ferris wrote the riff while a cab was waiting to take him to the airport. Did you see this? I saw that. Yeah. Okay. So he, he and it Michael Hutchins in his head. Yeah. Uh, he and Michael Hutchins had been sent to Hong Kong by their producer to write some additional music for the album to finish it off. And, um, on his way to the cab that was supposed to take him to the airport to go to Hong Kong, he gets this riff. And so it, the, the story goes that he tells the cab, just wait here. I'll be back in just a couple minutes. Just hang out here. An hour later, after he goes to his hotel room, picks out the part, demos it on a little cassette player, you know, whatever. Then he comes back and the cabbie's like, what the heck, bro? Um, but I, I guess the fare's running the whole time. Yeah. So whatever, cabbie just sitting in the air conditioner, but uh, trying not to double park. But like, uh, so anyway, he, he wrote this, you know, what becomes like the signature riff of the band. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, on his way to the destination that they were supposed to go to write more music. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like at that point, if it's you, do you still go? I'm I mean, good. Yeah. Like you, I, you wonder because if he, I guess he probably didn't. Maybe he did know immediately. Like, oh, this is it. This is what we're waiting for. Well, then you, we still have just because you have the riff and the you still got to go get the other. It's part. true. It's true. So I go. I run to that plane. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I jump off the plane. And I'm like, get us. <laughs> yeah. I got this. And I think if I recall correctly, that the story goes that basically the song came together very quickly mm-hmm. um, after that, and it was it was an this one was an is an easy song to write, I believe. Uh, okay, some more listening notes. Just in general. The, the bass tone and sparseness of the bass part, okay? The bass is so... There's so much... Like, it's even the bass drops out. No bass. Then bass. You know what I mean? Just so... I mean, there's you could have... You could you could have full meals in between bass lines in some spots yeah. of this song. Eat a sandwich, you know? set it down. Here it's comes my other part. So tasty. Yeah. The pr- the production as a whole is both is both very sparse, but also very full and busy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's always something going yeah. on. Even there's a couple spots where you can just hear him kind of like pick sliding, uh, doing like a clean pick slide over his pickups, where it's like. Rrr, rrr, like that kind of thing mm-hmm. just random stuff here and there you know um but nothing ever gets in the way it all stays very cool yeah it like the whole thing is just got this sheen of just very cool they don't interfere with each other in all that they're doing no in, in any way that's what i'm saying it's very busy but there's a lot of space both rhythmically and um like sonically mm-hmm. there's a lot you know there's a lot of space um, and then you get these great spots where, you know, Hutchins is playing it cool for like the first half of the song. It's all, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Um, I got to let you know. And then he, he, Dude, lonely. Yeah, I'm lonely. Right. Like, it's here like, I, here, I, here I am. So rock star. I know. It's, Dude. We also get some distorted guitar in this section, double in the bass line, and then it's back to clean and cool. Yeah, you know, man, that's good. Like, the only the only uh, guy cleaner and cooler than Michael Hutchins 
in this like decade of time period is uh, Jake from California Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> For real, leather and loose, man. Come on, he's he's leather and loose, and Michael Hutchins is clean and cool. That's it, right? I love it. They're two, they're maybe two ends of the same spectrum. That's so good. Shouts out to anybody who remembers Jay Anthony Frank and who watched California Dreams. We have talked, have we not talked for years about trying to get some California Dreams? We know y'all listen every week. Brent Gore, go ahead and shoot us a text. That's right. Come on, on. Yeah, we're here. Jenny Kwan, anybody, we're we're in it. That's right. Kelly Packard. Oh, man. Right? We're just running through Let's the list. Let's just do right it. Now. All right. Uh, big California Dreams fans over here, if anybody's wondering. Because we're surf dudes with attitudes. We Y'all know just... that from Tennessee. That's us. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's move on, unless you got other notes on the song. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the video a for a minute. Yeah, let's jump. I'm glad that you said let's talk about the video because okay. this song is MTV. Yeah. I remember this on MTV as much as any with the black and white to the color. So yeah. please talk about the video. Okay, so the, the full video of this song combined Need You Tonight with Mediate, which is the following track on the album, uh, which actually in some presses is listed as Meditate, not Mediate. It has an extra T in oh, there, yeah, depending know. on the album pressing that you have. Um, and, uh, it, it combines live footage and animation. Um, the, the need you tonight portion, the animation was created by, uh, filming the band members, making photocopies of the footage and then, uh, pasting those photos back over the original footage. So it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like rotoscoping where they film something live and then animate over the top of it, but it's with photocopies instead of line drawings. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like if you watch the video back, you go, oh, that's why it looks like a newspaper clipping when he's singing. So it's, it'll have the like the live band in the background and then Hutchins will be up front or diff- different it. shots, Andrew Ferris, that kind of thing. And they'll, it'll, they'll sort of look like a, you know, paper. It's because mm-hmm. they're there. It, it's literally, they pasted frame by frame photocopies of the live footage that's back awesome. on top of the footage. Um, so that's the unique sort of animated look. The Mediate video, uh, which immediately follows the, the, the full long-form video, is a tribute, as are a million other videos, to Bob Dylan's Subterranean Homesick Blues. We all know this sort of trope. I think we ask him about the cards on the interview. Yeah, I think we I do. I think, like, what's his most memorable card or yes, what the date that's is. Right. So. And it's it's this thing where they're, like, lyrics and phrases on big cue cards, you know, that whoever's singing or the band, they reveal as, as those lyrics come up, you know, during the song. Um, and so that is the the nod there um, in the in the mediate portion of the video. If I had If I had one hot take on this song, it would be that I don't want to hear mediate really after need you tonight okay i got no problem with mediate i don't want to hear it after me need you tonight at least not right away okay um when mediate comes after for me it's too close to the ending of need you tonight Mm -hmm. and the the bare ending of need you tonight doesn't get to breathe because it ends like here's how it ends And that's how I think. I think. I think. I think the air should just hang a little mm-hmm. bit. But when mediate follows, it's like okay, right there immediately that it yeah. go, kicks back into that groove. Mm-hmm. And for me, I like. I would like to let the song, you know, song breathe. Whatever. That's, that's good. No, that's super good. nitpicky about a classic thing here. No, um, good. I, I don't. I understand. Like, but it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> but and, and it turns out that mediate was it was a different song. But what happened was. Um, I can't remember they were they were working through it or or Andrew was playing through it for the producer or something and the and the loop for Need You Tonight happened to be playing in the background 
And they just went, why don't we just, you know what I mean? Kind of keep this. It's almost becomes like a, uh, a coda or something, you know, um, uh, a postlude. Is that the word? Uh, anyway, oh. you know, whatever to, uh, you know, to need you. Reprise. So, yeah. Reprise almost in a way. Yeah. So anyway, very cool. Um, okay. So the video itself won five VMAs, including video of the year for which it beat out both where the streets have no name. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for ah, by you too. Bono's still a uh, bitter about that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then here's, here's just a, a random thought about NXS. It got me thinking about the Mount Rushmore of Australian music acts um, and who that would probably be. Now, NXS is definitely on it. Uh, and I don't know, like, I know we have Australian listeners. I don't know if you guys have an equivalent of, like, Mount Rushmore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, there's a, maybe there's a monument in Australia that has, like, six faces on it and so when they make this list it's six people or whatever but for us it's four right we we're over here in the states we got the mount rushmore with four president's heads on it and so we we do these things in groups of four so i was trying to think who would be the mount rushmore of australian musical acts that might be a weird question to to spring off the cuff yeah i mean my initial gut is minute work yeah that's the i mean you could put colin on there right and then um crowded house maybe you got to give ACDC, ACDC a spot. ACDC, yeah. Right. You think Crowded House would be on the Mount Rushmore if you, of Australians? If you ask Australians, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I would think, I mean, I think I talk, hear them talk about them all the time. Yeah. And obviously NXS, I think. Yeah, so I think NXS, ACDC are shoe-ins. Yeah. Probably Minute Probably Work. Probably Minute Work. Right. Who's number four? And then. I'm Without gonna looking have, it up, I don't know. This I was going to say, we're going to have to look it up and, and think. Cause I, I feel like we've talked to some other people from Australia. Yeah, we have. Sure. Um. Um. I almost said Andrew Ferris, of course. Um, okay, so we paused here and looked up a few just to kind of refresh our brains. So I'm going to throw a few names at you, and you just and just now we start to think about. Okay, so Crowded House is what you're saying, and I'm yeah. saying probably Minute Work. Okay, mm-hmm. but some of these really make their own argument. Kylie Minogue, like not that huge over here. She had a moment, but like worldwide, huge. Sia. Olivia Newton-John. I didn't know the Bee Gees were Australian. Oh, of course. Bee Gees. Forget it. Bee Gees are on Bee Gees are on there. Bee Gees are 100% Air Supply, on it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Tell you who's not making it. Even if we have to kick them off the Mount Rushmore is Savage Garden. Somebody okay. tries to throw them out. Me and Robert come <laughs> no, in. Getting, yeah. We're throwing Mm-mm. elbows and everything. I'm going to I'm I'll bring him my own chisel. Yeah, I was going to say I'm going to chisel his nose off. Uh, how about Keith Urban? An argument, oh, man. How do we not think about Argument him? could be made. Yeah. I right? think, yeah. I think that's, yeah. And uh, if they're smart, they put him because they gain another fan base for their mountain visitors. <laughs> they're like, all these people from Nashville are going to come visit the Mount Rushmore now yeah, because right. Keith Urban's yeah, up there. See, yeah. So there's, uh, I mean, there's some really interesting names on that list. And some folks that I didn't know even were Australian. Tommy Emmanuel? Okay. I didn't know that. This list also lists Flea. Is Flea Australian? And I just didn't know. I've heard the guy talk a lot. Is yeah. Flea, I need, seriously... Australian listeners, do you claim flea? <laughs> this is uh, I'm totally unaware yeah. of this if this is a, if that's a thing uh, or if that's just wrong, if that's just wrong on this. Um what's the most un-Australian? Like if somebody <laughs> threw him on there, they're like there's no way. Right, that, like, like yeah, like uh, Bruce Springsteen, Tracy or- Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good Tracy Lawrence, absolutely. Um okay. Paint me a Birmingham. <laughs> Throw him on that mountain. Uh, yes. Australia, do you claim Tracy Lawrence? <laughs> hey, okay. Is this a good place to stop and talk about some actual Australians? Yes. Let's meet the band. Let's do it. Hey, let's meet the band. 
meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, guys, let's meet the band of NXS uh, that were on this track. Um, lead vocals. We've talked about him already, Michael Hutchins. Uh, he was in a band called Max Q. He acted in a movie called Dogs in Space. Okay. Everybody's favorite movie. He died in 1997 at age 37. Um, I got this from Wikipedia, so I can't take credit for this. Robbie and Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Perfect Pitch could probably help her. Um, he was a baritone. His vocal range spanned from a bass B1 to a high tenor F sharp 5. Okay. That's a pretty decent range. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. Little. I don't know how they... I don't know how, how they keep that on record like do you stretch them do you be like okay come hit the highest note you can i would just guess in his case that probably somebody went through the recorded works and of, said right, this, and is, said, the this highest, is the highest note he hits yeah, and this good. is the lowest that's good because that's like you one of that's a that's a g you okay. one of right so he at least has he goes down to that it said he went to a b, a b. so a there's b. no way he goes down Base to a b, b below that Base b because that'd be uh an octave below this note Right, that would be a B below that. So maybe he does. Maybe Maybe he gets and super growly. And maybe it's even some of it's with his spoken tone because a lot of times people will go lower with their spoken tone. He'll go, you know, slide over here. You know, Uh you get like the way does. (laughs) The way I like that he slides here. Yeah, slide over here. Anyway. Uh, and then and it said an F sharp five. F sharp five. So I wonder because his high note in this was I'm lonely, which is a G. That's a G. So that means they're saying that he, he would have almost if, a step above that. One note. No, or, no, no. An F sharp would be a half step under that. I'm saying so, a, a whole a whole octave, octave above that. If that's Sorry. an F sharp five, I don't really know what where the what yeah. is, the numbers are on the keyboard, but that feels wrong to me either way. Both of what I'm saying is Jacob both, Collier. Is that right? That's right. Both of those notes feel wrong to me, mm-hmm. honestly, based on what I. Wikip- that's why I made sure to Hutchins say this came from Wikipedia. <laughs> so we've not fact checked. It'd be interesting. This, but, I, I'd like to know. Um, okay, uh, Tim Ferriss guitars um, had to. Have, I like this. This is a neat fact. I wouldn't say I like it. But it was a neat fact. He had to have surgery to remove an abnormal bone growth in his leg, and his brother John has the same thing. Had the same thing too. So both really? both of them had an abnormal bone growth in their leg. Wow! So okay. great nickname for a guitar player, the Riff Meister or Riff Sheriff. <laughs> uh, the Riff Sheriff. The Riff. Oh sheriff. man, that's what I want to be called. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> if you're the Riff Sheriff, then I'm the Riff Deputy. I know. <laughs> I'm the Barty Five tier Andy Griffith on guitar. Man, I have never, I have never like been jealous of a nickname. I don't think like, where I went that should what, I want that. Yeah, that's I want to be the riff sheriff. Um, he they came up with that as live at Wembley Stadium. Hutchins told him play the f and riff, Timmy. And so after that, he became the riff sheriff. Okay, um, he's so I guess all you got to do is play at Wembley. Yeah. And I, I'll just yell at you, Rob, play the riff. And then <laughs> and we we'll can, just see what, what nickname that what births for comes me. Out. You know? That's right. Um, he's very private and enjoys deep sea fishing and cricket. Can you name one other person off the top of your head that likes cricket? No. Because I can't. I, I, don't, I don't know nothing about cricket. As much as we love baseball, you would think we would have a basic understanding of cricket, yeah. but I can't explain cricket at all. No, nothing. Other than it's a really cheap phone. Uh, I know we're about to get sponsored by Cricket Phone. <laughs> cricket Wireless, yeah. That sounds kind of like our podcast. We're kind of a Cricket Wireless uh, sure. podcast. No, yeah. but they, uh, man, you could be like on the tower at Cricket and they'd be like, net service unavailable. <laughs> 
Like, I'm standing on your tower. Uh, I th- honestly, I think I know more about Quidditch than I do cricket. I don't even know what Quidditch is. The, fic- the oh, fictitious the Harry, Potter, Harry Potter sport. Is that the one where they ride on the broom and yeah. they throw the And they thing? throw a, a quaffle and there's a golden <laughs> snitch and the snitch is worth 100 points or okay. 150 points or something and the, qu- the quaffle going through the hoop is worth 10. I literally know more about Quidditch than uh, I do okay, about cricket. Okay, I only know that little part because I've only seen one Harry Potter and it's Goblet of Fire. Okay. And I've seen it probably 42 times. <laughs> as every time I walk in, my wife is watching that movie and I'm like, it's the same one. Is it Robert Pattinson? Is she a Robert Pattinson fan? I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. On guitars, also Kirk Pingilly. Saxophone, backing vocals. So the sax part in Mediate, I think, is perfect. So go to minute mm, yeah. 201. Here's some patient sax undergroove at its finest. Patient sax. Patient sax is important. That's- <laughs> I just want you guys to know we practice patient sax. <laughs> this is a perfect example of not overplaying. So much with so little. You could keep that in that same context of jokes if you want. So, this is Mediate. Yeah. This is the. Don't, don't be fooled. Yeah. Go to minute 201 around there. Dude. That was I freaking love that. It's so like. It's, it's warm. It's awesome. It is very like relaxing. Dang. It sounds like what they play as you're leaving the aquarium. <laughs> That's great. It's like make sure to stop by the gift shop. Yeah, pick up, pick up your inflatable whale. I don't know. They don't have whales. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm talking about. That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, on base, Gary Gary Beers. There you uh, go. Great, great name there. He wrote uh, Tangle with Your Mind with Scott Weiland for his solo project. He was a machine operator before NXS. I love pre-stories yeah. about what people were before they were in monster musical things. Because one day they're going to be like, that guy used to work for Enterprise Rent-A-Car yeah. before he went off and, and right. conquered the world. That's going to be my my story. Oh. So yeah, I love that. I love that about him. Um, on drums and percussion, John Ferris. Uh, we already talked about his leg. Ben is chock full of Ferris. Just gracious. Ferris's oops. It's like the Captain Crunch, oops all berries. Yeah, this oops, band all is like, Ferris's. oops all Ferris. <laughs> he wrote and performed the song Never Used to Cry on the 1984 film No Small Affair. Also producer of Richard Clapton and Jimmy Barnes projects, not to be confused with Eric Clapton and Dave Barnes, um, <laughs> on keyboard and guitars, Andrew Ferris. Yeah. Oh, man. And I've got a segue. I know I did some talking there, but I want to segue into Stump the Genius with Ferris in mind. Okay, so play the jingle. Here we go. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. I take your part. I take your part. All right, we're going to play Stump the Genius Ferris Trivia. First Stump the Genius of Season 10. That's Here we right. go. Let's so do I was, it. I was telling Rob beforehand, we've done these Stump the Geniuses for a few seasons now, so I have to dig deep into my barrel of creativity to pull out <laughs> these these uh, Stump the Geniuses. So I'm going Ferris, since okay. we're talking to Andrew Ferris. Okay. And I'm, I'm, going... I'm shooting for 80% this season. Oh, okay. That's my overall 80% on Stump the Genius. Okay, let's see if he can start off good. So... This is not, we're not really talking about Ferris Bueller, okay. but this is mid-80s, 86, Ferris Bueller, yeah. and I wasn't sure if you've ever seen the movie. Have you seen Ferris Bueller? So, to my great shame, I think 
Okay. I think I saw it when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, you're fine. But you my, don't have to have seen the movie to best. do okay on this trivia. Okay, all right. Because I'm gonna I wasn't sure if you'd seen it and I want to be semi fair. Okay. Because if I did a whole thing about the movie, that's not yeah, fair. Yeah, like everybody knows certain things about sure. Ferris Bueller. So I'm gonna talk I'm gonna ask you questions about the cast. Okay. Because it's chock full of heavy hitters in the cast. Okay. And I'm gonna try to make them it, some of them will be true or false. Anyway, here we go. The lead is played by Matthew Broderick. He plays Ferris. Yes. Okay. He's okay, true or false. Is he the voice of the adult Simba in the Lion King? Oh, Simba. Simba. Uh, no. That is true. He, Matthew Broderick? Matthew Broderick is the voice of adult Simba in Lion King. What? The kid from War Games, Inspector Gadget. Yep. Wow. That guy. So, okay, you, you got to get four for four here to keep your 80% Dang, going. So that just blew my mind. There you go. So there's your, your nugget of goodness there. Jonathan Taylor Thomas as yeah. little Simba. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Broderick as adult Simba. He was way not cool enough. <laughs> To be adult Simba, right? I mean, that's kind of his deals. Well, I guess in Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller his deals is cool. Like, he's a cool dude. Yeah. That's true. So, okay. On we go. Alan Ruck, who plays Cameron Fry, who's Ferris' okay. best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also in Secession, a show I love. Three Fugitives. He's in Twister. Okay, I got a Twister question for okay. you. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, if I ask you to name the most popular Van Halen song from Twister, yeah, seven, be it's Humans, Humans Being. Being yeah. Okay. What Van Halen song closes the Twister soundtrack? That would be, I believe it's called Fear the Wind. Respect, Respect the, wind. the Wind. I don't know. That's a judgment Come call. On. I'm going right. to give you that one because Listen. it's wind related. Sounds like Vodomy, instrumental. I yeah. love it. Respect. I was Respect like, this is I'm not right. For that. I know it's I not Chase my, the Wind. That's a Bible thing. Maybe my bell's behind you. See if my bell's behind oh. you. Okay. Ring for yourself. Boom! There you go. You can you can you can ring yourself on that one. Here we go. Right. Okay, so we're one for two. Jennifer Grey, who plays Jeannie Butler, who's his sister, also plays Baby in Dirty Dancing. Yeah, so sure. um, her film debut was in a movie called Reckless in 1984, starring Daryl Hannah. Okay, it had two tracks from a legendary 80s band. Legendary Reckless. 80s band. Okay. All right. That would be in excess. In excess. Yeah! Go. All right. Nailed it. Good job. Well played, Rob, on that one. <laughs> Two for three. Okay, we're cruising right along. Charlie Sheen okay. plays the boyfriend of Jennifer Grey in this. Um, interesting fact I want to tell you real quick. He okay. plays a guy on drugs. So to get that look, he's, oh, he, stayed, difficult. he stayed up 48 hours straight before filming okay. to get that look. So, I, I'm super surprised he wasn't just like, I just did the drugs. I just did the drugs. I mean, yeah. definitely later that became yeah, his that method. Was, that was his thing. But Okay, name the ABC show that he replaced Michael J. Fox on. Spin City. Spin City. Ring it. Yes. Okay, if you get this one, you've gone 80%. Okay, 80%. To stay, stay right. on the, okay. Ben Stein, okay. who's the economics teacher, the yep. classic Bueller, Bueller, yep. Bueller is from this. Okay. Show I loved, Win Ben Stein's Money. Great show. Do you remember who the co-host was? Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy freaking Kimmel. We well go. done, Rob. Yeah. Good job. Right. 80%. That's a good start. Good start to the season. A side note, I wanted Mia Sarah, who played Sloan Peterson, who's his girlfriend on there, because I thought she was super hot at the time. <laughs> but these were just better questions. Okay, okay. Good, good job. Do you remember, after, after Ferris Bueller came out, they did a TV version? Um, I, of, I don't remember that. It was, it was Ferris Bueller... I can't remember what the actual name of the show day was. On. I don't yeah, I don't think it was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but I think it was maybe just Ferris Bueller or maybe like Ferris Bueller the Adventure Continues. I can't remember. I can see the guy that played him. Obviously it was not Matthew Broderick. I want to say his name was like um excuse me. I want to say his name was like Charlie something. I can't remember. And then 
there was a competitive slash knockoff show, right? You know how like one thing becomes popular and sure. they'll do you you get your um what's the uh, um oh gosh um what's the thing on NBC? This is us, right? You get uh-huh. this is us, and then ABC comes out with a, a million, million little, little things, things. yeah, right, you get your that kind of thing. Felt. Yeah, um, and so the the Ferris Bueller TV show starts, and I think it was Fox came out with Parker Lewis can't lose. Yeah, remember I remember that show, Parker Lewis, right? Yeah, that was my jam. Okay, I, I like I saw some Ferris Bueller, but Parker uh-huh. Lewis can't lose hit me just right. Yeah, and they were like synchronized watches and all this stuff, and they had the the big guy that was like the bully, but he's like heart of gold. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, Parker Lewis can't lose is my knockoff like dollar dollar store. Uh, you know Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller story. Yeah. That's yeah. We're uh, that's good. I like that. We're going to uh, and we're going to get the guys from the band Yellow that do the chicka chicka. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, <laughs> a personal uh, goal we just set for ourselves right now. That's so right. there you there go. We'll get those guys. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this legendary album, Kick. Absolutely. Um, this is uh, written entirely by the duo of Andrew Ferris and Michael Hutchins, um, which was the first time. The, uh, that just the two of them had mm-hmm. been the the sole writers. Yeah. Um, and Which, there's some controversy in that. If you guys want to watch the movie Never Tear Us Apart, mm-hmm. it's really good. It's a little, I mean, it's the NXS story, so yeah. don't watch it with young eyes or anything, <laughs> but it, uh, it's good. It's really good. It, it digs into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically, they they paid no attention to what was going on in pop music at the time. Like, they didn't want to be influenced by anything that was happening, you know, uh, Ferris said, uh, anyone can write a song that sounds contemporary. We wanted our songs to sound like the future. And I think in the case of kick, they absolutely succeeded. Like, absolutely. This sounds like it's, it still sounds fresh is, yeah. is what I'm saying in the long, long the production. Yeah. The, yeah. I it's, mean, it alone. It all still hits exactly as good as it did. You know, when this came out, um, we'll talk about this too with Andrew Ferris, but when the album was initially played for executives at Atlantic records in New York city, the executives rejected the album and they actually offered the band a million dollars to just start over, just wipe <laughs> it clean and start over. I'm so glad they didn't. No kid. Can, can you imagine? No to a million dollars to just start over. Yeah. Like, to just that's belief in product. Go make some more music and we'll give you a million dollars. Yeah. Um, but the band's manager, Chris Murphy worked around the label's distaste by sending need you tonight to college radio where it picked up steam quickly and convinced Atlantic to release the album in its original form. Yeah. So what happens if you, if you take that million, you make another album and you still have that. Do you, can you use that later in the future? Right, yeah. If it's, it's not surely like you they have to throw it away, release it. Like as, you could re-record it, call even. it remixes and B sides. Yeah. You know Man. that kind of thing. And I'm not a hundred percent sure if if they wanted them to write new songs or if they wanted them to reproduce Redo the, the same album. song. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Either way, um, I'm glad they didn't and stuck to their guns. Yeah, dude. It's I mean, what what we would have missed out on from this album, you know, had that happened. Four charting singles. I mean, new yeah. sensation, never tears apart, devil inside. Let's that. say that again, because yeah. let's go down this. Let's go down this album. Yeah, you've got new sensation. Listen to this. Never you tear us apart. Come on. Tell me, nineteen seventy-five didn't say that's it, some guitar. That yeah. Got to at least get to the second riff too. Dude. 
just so much energy. Like they write guitar parts that are good to sing over and with. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a cool guitar part for the sake of a good guitar part. It's a guitar part that you want to sing with. True. Yes. Very. It it it, it allows a lot of space for the rest of the song. Yes, absolutely. Then you get so. The, okay, first of all, you got new sensation. Devil inside. Need you tonight. Mediate back to back on this album. <laughs> it opens with guns in the sky, uh-huh. and then you've got those four back to back. So you've got devil inside right after new sensation. Uh-huh. Which this is maybe. Peak, cool Michael Hutchins. Like this is the chorus of this. He's he was not. This is in all kinds of movies. The thing about oh yeah, you kid yes, dude. The cool thing about Michael Hutchins was he never felt the need, and I guess Ferris as well when they were writing the hooks and stuff, never felt the need to like blow you away by singing so high. Uh-huh. It wasn't about like even powerful whatever. He's just Hutchins is just going to get up in your ear, you know what yeah. I mean? Devil is sad. Devil is Like yeah, he's not going to Steve Perry you. Yeah. He's not going to they're not going to Def Leppard you with yeah. huge vocals. Yeah. But yeah. It's just crazy. He, he he can say something like soft. It's it all just came from cool. He just oozed cool, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think he could be like, "Could you pass the salt?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "Oh my god!" No, you know what he would say? <laughs> could you slide it over oh, here? Oh yeah, well done. Give me the pepper. <laughs> my 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 food is so raw. <laughs> and I think it's getting know. cold. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> Pastrami on rye. <laughs> We're so stupid. All right. Why do people keep letting oh, us do man. this? Guys, we love this. Andrew, Andrew Ferris is listening to this episode about to say, hey, I wonder what these guys did with my interview. And he's like, who are these guys? <laughs> these idiots. Why have you people let us do this for, for nine full seasons? Okay. All right. Nevertheless, we persist. Um, and then you get on. Pastrami on rye. <laughs> I'm going to order that every time. I go to Nixon's Deli. Uh, and then you you also have Never Tear Us Apart, Mystify. I mean, it's just crazy. All the all the stuff that's on that album, just so good, you yeah. know, such full stuff. It's, it's like a funk, rock, fusion, taking elements from previous styles from their previous albums and just sort of putting, putting them together. Um, um, previous albums like The Swing and Listen Like Thieves. The album itself went to number three on the Billboard 200. It went to number nine in the UK, number one in Austria, Canada, and New Zealand. It was the number four album for all of 1988 in the US and the number one album in Australia for the entire year. Not a huge surprise there. Uh, I should have looked up what the top three albums in the US were. I was were, curious though, if though. you. Were I almost say, always looked that, that stuff up yeah. and I, I didn't. Um, it has sold 20 plus million albums. 10 million of those coming within the first two years of release. It is six times platinum in the U.S. alone. Rolling Stone readers ranked it the number three album of all of 1988, and I do have the two above okay. it if you want to take a guess. Yeah. Oh, man, 88? 88. 88. I'll tell you, one of them is U2. Okay, so, the album. so that'll be Joshua Tree? No, that's before then. This would be... Um, is Rattle and Hum? Rattle and Hum is okay. number one. Recorded at Sun Studios uh, in Memphis. Okay. So they still That's have right. the same mic there okay. set up. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, number two is might be a bit of a surprise, but... Genre? Help uh, me. Genre, I'll say... I'll say folk. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly how to classify this artist. 
I'm confused then. <laughs> Singer-songwriter. Singer-songwriter. Okay. From 88. 88. Singer-songwriter. Is it Paul Simon? No. Then I don't know. Who. It's Tracy Chapman. Wow. How about that? Tracy with, Chapman. With Fast Car and Give Me One Reason. Yeah, That's a good album. Go. Yeah. yeah I never, uh, Give Me One Reason, I don't, I don't think it was on that album. It's not different, on that album. Yeah, That's different, later. But, yeah. yeah. Fast but Car. It had Fast Car and, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. oh, come on. What's the other one? Um, I have it upstairs. I can go look at it. Dang it. Anyway, Tracy Chapman, number two. Uh, okay, there are a few covers um, of this song slash like interpolations. Let's do. Um, I have one. Do you have any that you want to hit? No. Okay. All right. So let's do. This one is actually called "One of My Kind," okay. uh, and it is by Rogue Traders. This is a 2003. Essentially a remix of Need You Tonight. It went to number one in the Australian dance and club charts. uh, Number 10 overall in Australia. Rob hates this kind of music. So, I do, typically. I like this. It's good. It's a creative remix that doesn't get on my nerves. Okay. Let me dig into it a little bit here. You can tear off the wall. Sped up his vocal part a little bit. But you're right, generally speaking, I do hate this kind of stuff. I'm not a big club dance guy. It's got a cool couple cool breakdowns in it. Okay, so there's that one, and that is actually called One uh, one of My Kind. Um, and then there's this one, which is kind of a whole other thing, um, but I don't know if you know this song or not. This is Break My Heart by Dua Lipa. Okay. Have you heard this? I don't know. Okay, so this is technically... Ferris and Hutchins are credited as co-writers because the guitar riff from Need You Tonight is interpolated into this song, Okay. Interpolation in this context is when you use an established melody or a musical element, but rather than sample it directly, you re-record it. Okay. Okay. So they didn't take it; they had somebody play it. So they, and in this case, they actually it's actually the vocal melody. Oh, so the like vocal melody she's going to sing line. the guitar line. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Here it comes. I kind of like her. Yeah. Here it comes. I've heard this. I like the harmony part behind, too. Yeah, it's nice. Hey, it, that's good. It almost makes it sound like a... Um, like a, a, a harmonizer, yeah, you know, vocal like a, harmonizer, yeah, anything. Yeah, um, I like that. Now, uh, apparently, this is what they say. Apparently, the similarity was not intentional. What? And wasn't noticed until they were like listening back to the track or at least the demo. Uh huh. Um, but the writing and publishing credits to NXS were apparently a like we better cover our backside. Yeah, so we, we didn't don't get realize sued. we did this. Yes, kind of deal. we just did it, and then later went, oh crap, that's that NXS 
thing. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Um, well, that's cool that they caught that early. Or yeah. I'll, surely somebody heard that and was like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Y'all but didn't do that on purpose? Their legal that's, team's like, dude. Yes, exactly. Like, you're take a lesson from from Robin Thicke. Yeah, and just exactly. Give Go them ahead your, and do it. Yeah, save yourself the legal fees uh-huh. and just do this Everybody now. wins. You're going to make tons of money. Right. Yes, exactly. The move apparently also was one that Dua Lipa kind of dug because the name of the album was already established as Future Nostalgia. Which Ooh, how fit, about that? Fits perfectly, right? And so that really played right into that kind of like, oh, this a blend, you know what I mean? Future oh, nostalgia yeah. is perfect for that. That's a great album title, it by really, the way. Really, truly. Good job, Dua Lipa, yeah, on that. Absolutely. So, um, and there's a, you, I think, I know. The same legal team that caught that's like, we should call it this. Yeah. <laughs> Pay yeah. that guy some money. Right. <laughs> We've talked about this. I know you and I have talked about this. We've had conversations with Dave Barnes, I think, off air about this, about the um, sort of new wave of songs that are using nostalgia songs to bring popularity yeah. to their own songs mm-hmm. in a in a way that they're like not even trying to be slick about mm-hmm. it. Um, what song was it? You sent me a song yesterday. Yeah, this uh, the new Cole Swindell song is basically Heads Carolina, Tails California yeah. by Jody Messina. Yeah, it's like. It same hook. He even uses a part of the song at the end. Like, yeah, takes it and s- puts it in there. It's not subtle at all. Yeah. Um, but that is a brilliant play. And I'm like, surely he. Ha- I heard it. I never heard it. And it's, I was like, I'm, I'm on. I'm having to. I'm having to just give into it mm-hmm. because I know it's going to happen more and more and more. And we've talked before about my disdain for like the. Um, the uh what's i almost said chris rock the kid rock uh all summer long Basically, where he uses sweet home, sweet home alabama. alabama and werewolves of london yeah, yeah. and he's literally singing about sweet home alabama yeah. in the chorus Seems and i kinda, don't like that it's kind of lazy it's like come up with your own idea it, that's like, my quit, quit living in that but yeah dude, that's my problem it's with it brilliant like yeah and it it's is so smart because it immediately hooks people mm-hmm. it attaches your song to something people already love yeah. you know what i mean it's 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 the close. I just thought of this. It's the closest you can get to making music scratch and sniff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's like it's like this smells like something I already love. You know what I mean? Oh, I love strawberries. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like it's that's great. <laughs> that's what I'm going to start calling that 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 move. It's uh, it's the scratch and sniff. Maybe we'll do a whole. You know, we do themed months. Maybe we'll do a scratch and sniff. <laughs> scratch and sniff. People will be like, what the crap are you talking about? Instead That's- of stickers, we'll send everybody scratch and sniffs. Yeah. So I don't know what we would smell like. Never mind. It just sounds disgusting. Scratch and sniff month. That's coming that. soon on the Great Song <laughs> Podcast. That's disgusting. All right. Uh, I think I'm about tapped. I'm good. Okay. Let's, let's hang out with why y'all really came, which is to hear Andrew Ferris. Andrew Ferris, a freaking NXS. Let's go to that right now. We'll be back to tuck you in at the end. But first, stop what you're doing right now. And go to Great Song Pod on all the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Give us a follow. Say hey, say hi, tell us where you're listening from. Um, and make sure you join the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. We uh, put a lot of stuff out there first and kind of, you know, give teasers and, and you know, have a lot of fun in that group uh, with, a, with a great little community that has been kind of built around the show, which is awesome. If you want to go the extra mile and help us make the show, if you want to be a producer, you can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com slash great song pod. And when you support the show on Patreon, we can do everything that we can to say thank you. Bonus episodes, early releases, ad-free shows, goodies of of just about every kind. We've given away full albums on there, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And so if you want to be a, a producer of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod. We're going to talk to Andrew Ferris right now, and we'll be back at the end to tuck you in. 
This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Andrew Ferris of NXS and many other things. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. How are you, fellas? You good? Fantastic. Excellent. Yes. Um, let's start here. We're going we're gonna to move quickly, but I, I got to know this. I understand that NXS was originally called the Ferris Brothers and then the Vegetables. Uh, do you think you would have been as successful <laughs> had you entered the world as the Vegetables? Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think it's good name for pants, you know, but, but I, I think it was just a natural course of events. Uh, that we would turn into vegetables, getting into the entertainment industry in the first place. But um, I think I think it was more that, uh, you know, there was three brothers, and I'm the middle one, and I've got an older brother, Tim, and my name's Andrew, and my younger brother's name was John. Um, well, I still are, as far as I know. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 the course of events took it that, you know, the more successful we got in Australia in the very early years of the band, you know, uh, someone had suggested the name in excess to us. And at first we were like, what? You know, especially where it was spelled. And then we thought, actually, it's really clever. Um, and then we, the name stuck and it sort of suited what we were doing. And I think, you know, Michael Hutchins, uh, you know, back then, he, he liked that because it wasn't about us brothers. But you could understand in the years that we were doing what we were doing, um, you'd had, uh, you know, bands come out before us, you know, like the Doobie Brothers and, you know, Brothers Johnson, the Brothers, Brothers, Brothers thing. <laughs> and so it felt right by the, you know, by the 80s to, to have that kind of name anyway, you know. Uh, where the Vegetables Park came in uh, <clears throat> was actually a phrase I come up with uh, because, you know, we, we were sort of living on nothing, playing nine shows a week. Oh. And, you know, we, we, we literally had just about enough money to buy fruit and vegetables and not much else. <laughs> And um and we started laughing about it one day, and we wrote a song called you know uh, we are the vegetables because we're kind of living off them you know. But then again, worse you could eat worse things than that you know. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Um, according to a, a biography about Michael uh, Gary Morris of Midnight Oil, tried to convince you all to become a Christian band at some point. Is that a, a legitimate story? And did you guys seriously consider it? Well, yeah, I mean, that actually happened. And, you know, with respect to Gary, I don't think he meant badly. I think he was more thinking, you know, of, of, of say, how, you know, you 2 for example, mm. had platformed themselves on that sort of moral ground, you know. Yeah. Um, but ironically, you know, I, I already was a Christ, Christian and I still am. You know, I, I respect all faiths and belief systems as long as they don't hurt other people, you know. Sure. Um, but but I, I think I, th- I think for, for, for Gary... Um, you know, Morris, uh, I think it was more, he was trying to think of it as a marketing sort of strategy, but it had a kind of funny ending where, where Gary started talking about, I don't know what we were talking about in the end, spaceships or, you know, uh, aliens or something. And I, I, we were like, Hey Gary, it's been really good talking. We've got to go, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and I, right. That's great. You know, um, that was the part really, uh, it wasn't the Christian part. It was that part. <laughs> for me anyway well yeah. i remember i remember yeah. growing up a young kid in the 80s and and uh we're in we're in nashville we both grew up in tennessee and uh in a in a pretty strict christian bubble here in the south southeastern u.s and um you know i don't know if you're right. aware of this but nxs was one of the sort of uh bogeymen for the uh you know for the 
um, for the maybe religious right, I guess you would say. It was like Bon Jovi, NXS, Judas Priest, Ozzy Osbourne all got sort of like breathed in the same breath as like, <laughs> don't dare listen or you might not go to heaven, you know? Uh, so I remember, I was telling JP, I remember when I was a kid, like you would have to like avert your eyes from the from the NXS advertisements or you might, they might make you think something bad. So I didn't know if you're aware of that, but like, it was kind of the opposite. So the irony that you yourself are a Christian and that you were, you know, maybe considering becoming a Christian band was pretty ironic to us. Yeah, well, that, that's when you put it like that, it makes total sense. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't, doesn't. It, but, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> but, right. But, but I was going to say that uh, I, I don't know what we were grouped with when we first started. We used to, when we first used to come to the United States in 83 and we started seriously touring, which we did for, for many years in the United States and many other countries. We, we ended up working in over 50 countries as a band wow. during our touring career um, and recording career. But I was going to say that, actually, I was just in Nashville, and um, and I was tracking some, some of my new solo uh, country music stuff that I've been doing. And um, it was funny. You know, we, I was standing there with the musicians, and we were talking, and somehow that, you know, I don't know how, you know, we got into some sort of conversation about, you know, the afterlife. And I said, well, this is heaven. It's kind of cool. You know, just stand around playing music. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's about as good as it gets, really. I mean, you know, you've got family close by and then everything's good. You know, like, um, right. And and, um, so I hope, you know, hopefully if I ever get to heaven, there'll there'll be a great band there and and I can continue making some music, you know. (laughs) That'd be nice. Sounds great. Well, I know you mentioned your solo project, so I'll jump there real quick, and then we'll go. I love uh, All the Stars Are Mine. So good. Acoustic guitars sound great. I like playing in front of the fire as well. Um, did you come up with the video? Um, here's a reason I'm asking is this is w- where you take into your cool hat phase. Um, <laughs> I think you originally started your cool hat phase on Don't Change. Uh, back in the that's maybe my favorite song of yours back uh, right uh, right, 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 right. and then all the stars are mine there's the hat good mama bad (laughs) there's the hat again love love makes the world falls in the (laughs) same category um as all the stars are mine but no hat so how involved uh, are you in the videos and did that start your cool hat phase okay yeah you know we you know well first of all I, i i have to say that um in, in, in my solo work that I'm doing now is Andrew Saris. Uh, my wife, Marlena, uh, you know, Saris is seriously involved in, in, in a lot of the art and direction of video making, which I'm now doing on my own. And I hand it to her, you know, because, you know, I, I think I know what it looks like. And she says to well, me, you're not going to wear that, are you? <laughs> you know, um, and, and, um, and, and that's good for me. I need that. You know, I need some, you know, need some, uh, what, what do you call it, reflection or whatever. Direction. But, but the go. thing is direction. But, Right, 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 right. But, but, but I think um, it's not some, it's not even that. But in the early years, with an excess, we yeah, we, I mean, we made hundreds of videos. We shot a full, you know, we we shot a major motion picture, um, which was actually shown in theaters across the U.S. Um, and other countries recently um, for the Wembley Stadium show that we filmed. We didn't video it; we filmed it. Wow! Uh, and it was a serious production. The filmmaker and that whole thing. Um, check that out. That's our Wembley. Uh, stadium concert in 1991. Um, but the, the thing is um, that a lot of the video uh, idea with the hats and all that, <clears throat> I just thought I, I'd like to wear the hat mainly because we used to play outdoors in a lot of festivals. I didn't want to get sunburned. I mean, that's the main reason I was wearing it. Because, yeah, during, my, most of my you know, adult life, I've, 
I've always wanted to be and ended up in agriculture. So music isn't the only thing I do. I'm a farmer, believe it or not. Wow. And, I'm, you know, I've got a farm. Yeah, I've owned two farms. Second one that where my wife and my family and I live. Uh, it's sort of in, kind of in the middle of nowhere in Australia, but we love living there. Most Australians live on the coast. Um, but Marlene is originally from Ohio, and there's a lot of farmland still left around there. And I, I just hope to God they don't concrete it and, and build buildings all over it. You know, we need food. Oh. The, uh, I, right. saw, I saw where you saw the Beatles play at age five. Do you remember it? And if so, what's your yeah. most either vivid audio or visual moment of that show? Well, you know, complete shock is a good place to start. Well, because <laughs> that's a long story, but but um, for the Farris brothers, our father, Dennis, who sadly passed away as is our mother, but, you know, he used to be in the Royal Navy uh, on aircraft carriers and then he, when he finished that, it was around one more or two finished. He came down to Australia. Met my mother, who was Australian, uh, and um, but he hadn't been able to go back and see his parents or our grandparents. So he put us on a ship. So for three weeks, we we, we set out on the ship. Never been so seasick in my life. And winds up in London. And in those years, people didn't fly around the world. You know, they went by ship or you didn't go at all. And uh, and so we got there and. Some other Australians that heard we were in town, our family was there, sitting by a television show. Well, we're sitting there, my brothers and I, and we're sitting in the front row, and the Beatles walk out. We're like, well, that's pretty cool. We're looking at each other like, gee, this happens to everybody, right? You know? <laughs> um, and I can still remember more, more than anything, even though I was really young, everyone was really excited in the room. I can remember the television cameras, the big gray television cameras going back and forth. They were more interesting in some ways than the band, because I thought they looked like huge big pterodactyls or some kind of dinosaur <laughs> thing going back. But the whole thing was kind of sensory overload, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I remember saying, you know, with my older brother to our dad one day, Dad, did, did that actually happen? Did, did we really do that? He said, oh, yeah, you were there. And afterwards, you went and talked to him. That's awesome, oh. dude. That's awesome. Wow. Well, we've... Uh, um We've, we stylistically in excess reach into several, you know, several bags from new wave to funk to straight ahead rock. Um, and obviously the, it seems like everybody we talked to the Beatles influenced, you know, everybody pretty heavily from that era. Uh, who were some other acts that you listened to growing up that sort of helped you develop that, uh, mixed, you know, musical vocabulary? Right. That's a really good question. Well, you know, unlike where modern especially FM radio has gone all around, well, really all around the world in many ways. It, it segregates different genres of music, right? Sure. You've got rock, you've got country, you've got AOI, you've got, you know, whatever it is. And it's like R&B, hip-hop, it's all chopped up, you know. But in the years when we were kids, <clears throat> especially, you know, living in Western Australia, which is one of the most remote, I think it is the most remote place in the world that I know of geographically, they only had, like, the radio stations when we were kids, they would play every kind of music, you know? And they would play everything from country to classical to, you know, pops to whatever and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, whatever it was, uh, you know, it could be instrumentals, could be could be a little bit of early rock or whatever it was, you know, some Elvis or Johnny Cash, all that kind of stuff. And I, I grew up thinking that all music was like that all around the world as a kid, you know? Yeah. And it was only as I got older and we traveled more and we became more world aware. I realized, no, that's not true, that, that you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to play like this, you've got to sound like this. And that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, as, as a, probably the main songwriter for my band, 
Michael never played an instrument. He was a great vocalist, great lyric writer, uh, but he never played an instrument. So it felt to me a lot of the time for our albums and the creative part of it to think of new ideas and come up with different kind of styles or whatever. And I've always been like that. You know, I, I'm a fan of many different types of music, you know, including country and funk and rock and, and whatever it is, hip-hop, you know, some R&B, old-school Motown, you know, there's lots of things I really love. But I'll draw influences from wherever I can, you know, that something that excites me. I think we're interested other people. Yeah, it's funny to hear you mention all the different genres because I was going to ask you, like, where you would categorize your solo stuff. Um, I, You know, I has it country, is it folk, is it western, it's kind of alternative. The slide guitar kind of takes it to another level on what to categorize this. So it's it's so neat to hear you talk about how your upbringing was so versatile. So that makes perfect sense on the way your stuff comes out. I think that's that's great. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I appreciate that because you know, I, I think – I could, if I can just add that I think, you know, I feel like a stranger in a strange land in some ways with what I'm doing now with country because to me, you know, you know, I, it sounds funny, but I live in the country. I'm a farmer. That's what I actually do in the background. And I find it really interesting because to me, a lot of modern country is more about suburbs yeah, where people yeah. live, whereas, whereas, you know, whereas in the very early years of country, it was more about folk music and people who, you know, perhaps did work out on the land, and a lot of them were cowboys, big fans of cowboy <laughs> music, you know. Like, uh, you know, you often hear Willie Nelson used to talk about he wants to be a cowboy. Well, I guess a modern cowboy, you know, you're wearing, you're wearing a baseball cap, you wear a T-shirt, and you drive a V8. <laughs> yeah. right? Cowboys have changed. Right? That's good. I like yeah. that a lot. Right. That's, you know? That's yeah, good. yeah. Oh, you know? Well- yeah, we're uh, we're probably going to focus our episode like we talked about, um, uh, you know, on your solo stuff as well as mainly heavy on on NXS stuff, and probably going to cover Need You Tonight, Mediate. What uh, Need You Tonight runs into the tribute to Bob Dylan's Homesick Blues with a cue card. <laughs> what's your most memorable card, or what's the special date on those cards? Interesting. Um, I have to really go back and look at the video. Um, what my memory is pretty good, but not. That good, um, you know. Uh, I don't know. I, I maybe try not to hate, you know. Um, you know, That's just try one. to. You got to forgive and move on, or, or you know, you, 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 it's look. You know, I don't know what you believe, but you know, you, you, you carry enough pain, it'll, it'll hurt you. You know, it's good, man. That's yeah. a timely word. Yeah, All good. Um, it's been it's been published that Atlantic Records wanted the band to ditch the Kick album entirely and basically record a do over. Um, and that, of course, would was a massive misjudgment on their end. What was it about the album that Atlantic didn't like, if you recall? <laughs> I, I, I don't think they understood our album, Kick. Um, you know what's weird, too, is that uh, rather than me, you know, giving those guys grief for not understanding our album, you know, uh, I think radio and, and, and the public got our album, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's okay. Um, but it could have been a real, real tragedy for us as a band if we'd actually gone and re-recorded and done other weird things. I don't think that would have been good at all. I think the, uh, the in excess, the record producer Chris Thomas and Bob Clearmountain, who mixed it and mixed many other huge acts such as Bruce Springsteen, Rolling Stone, so many other great, great artists. And um, actually, Springsteen covered "Don't Change" when he came down to Australia. I'd sort of throw that in. I meant to say that before. But the main thing with Kick as an album, it's interesting because at the time we didn't, we were, we were never a critical darling, you know, like we were never, 
I've been the people go, oh, you have to hear these guys. They're just awesome. <laughs> Can't get enough of them. We used to have people say things like in the British media where they're crap and they're Australian. You know, <laughs> um, you know we, we, yeah, we used to get it all, you know, not in a good way. Yeah. And I think it was a lot of it was people didn't really understand what we were doing sometimes. That's all. And I, maybe we were crap, but we, we were still <laughs> no. strange. But, but, <laughs> but, but we were trying, you know, and I mean, we're trying to sometimes not just to be different for different sake, but, you know, we had a lot of influences as a band, as a band that went straight eights, you know what I mean? Like they were, in the era we came out of, it was very fashionable to be punk and, and kind of, you know, alternative and, and, and heavy, you know, in that sense. But we had other influences in the background of our lives, like funk and, 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 and more poppy stuff and, and, and combining, like I said before, different styles of music. And that, I think, is what really confused the record label. Yeah, yeah it's good. We, uh, I watched uh, Never Tear Us Apart the other day, and I loved it. So I, I learned, I don't know how you feel about the way they put that together, whether that's a, a true adaptation or how involved you were in that. I know they used a quote from you at the end which was wonderful, but I, I learned a lot of things in excess about uh, by watching that. Um, and I know you've been so kind with your time, Andrew. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll be respectful of your time. We had a, a board full of questions, but we'll save them for round two. But we do have one question that we ask everybody. You got time for one more? Yeah, I'm, go ahead. Okay, last, so you're on tour either with uh, – you know, you do a, an NXS uh, retouring or you do a solo tour. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I would always get a, a candy bar. I'd get a Three Musketeers bar. My mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and that's the one I pick. I pick a, a Three Musketeers bar. It's the most ounces. What's your, uh, what's your gas station snack food of choice? Okay, it would have to be Lay's Barbecue Crisps. Oh, okay. delicious choice. There we go. Yeah, we, we, we don't have them down under. And, um, but, you know, look, I to, look, I'm happy to revisit part two of this. It's been great talking to you guys. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate your support. And I hope you like my new music. And, uh, and I'll keep putting it out if people keep wanting it. So uh, off we go. You got Absolutely. It. Thanks, Andrew. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Take care, fellas. Thanks, right. man. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Andrew Ferris of NXS to kick off season 10 of the Great Song Podcast. It is hard to imagine the world before this show started. I know, right? Ten seasons ago, there was no internet. (laughs) I remember it well. I remember it well. My family had just settled in the West. And I he was, forded the creek. Yeah, I forded the creek. We tried to caulk the wagon and floated across, <laughs> but little Richie caught dysentery. Typhoid, dysentery, dysentery. Didn't make it. <laughs> um, and you know, I I sent JP a telegram from my saloon. That's awesome. And I said, I have this idea <laughs> for something called a podcast. What do you think? And he Should sent me I back. Bring my banjo. Yeah. He sent me back a telegram uh, on horse. Um, <laughs> it, it, three weeks later, I got the response. What's a podcast? <laughs> um, and it took, you know, it took a long time to get it going, but it's uh, seriously f- five years, 10 seasons. Man. Uh, I can't believe this is. It's, Huge it's, thanks to Mickey Dolenz, yeah. Lars Ulrich, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Rafferty. <laughs> 
Oh man, uh, we just need to do we need to do one episode or at least part of a, a best of episode that's just all the bits about random yeah. celebrities and musicians. Well, we that should we've do done. an all uh, an all. Uh, no, we can't do all apologies by Nirvana as I hate it, but we should do <laughs> all of our apologies to the people that we've given false credit. That's right. Yes, um, man, it's been great. If you're just joining us for the first time, thank you so much for hopping on board uh, the Great Song Podcast. If you're gonna go back and, and start with yeah, if you're just joining us, those jokes are funny. Go back and listen to. <laughs> the right. 200 episodes before this that's right uh, you can't help i i know it's like not entirely cool to sort of live in inside jokes but over as as many times as we've done this now we just, you can't help it some and play ride the top play ronnie james <laughs> Dio. oh man okay so uh season 10 is gonna be amazing uh, august is gonna be amazing we've got four straight number one hits from the 80s man uh with with uh interviews with artists who are you know uh part of making the song so it, it's going to be a lot of fun here in 80s August at the Great Song Podcast. So we hope you'll stick around. If you're new, just keep listening. If you want to go back, maybe start with episode like 15 or 16. Give us through before a you couple go, seasons. Yeah, before Don't you go, start at the beginning. Before you go all the way back to number I one. I recommend going back retroactively through season or like backwards. That's start wrong. and go backwards. Start and go backwards. That's good. Um, that, so that's what I would tell people. Um, that way you ease start, back yeah, into, into the seasons yeah, um, and then solid. pick up some bonus episodes along the way. But. And then then you get to hear the origin of, of the, the joke jokes. after yeah. you've already heard the punchlines. Right. Right? And you go, oh, that's why that's funny. It's the, uh, yeah, it's the Star Wars model, uh, right? You yeah. go, oh, that's how that <laughs> oh, happened. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see you guys <laughs> next week on another fantastic episode. 80s August continues. Season 10 continues on the Great Song Podcast. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.